Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 22nd anniversary of WWE SmackDown. With the sad retirement of Michael Cole and Pat McFuck, whoa, it scrolled too fast. Fuck. With the sad retirement of Mike Cole and Pat McAfee, McAfee, fuck, can you say the name? And Pat Pat McAfee, I, Alan Parker, and my friend Matt Ramsden have been chosen to take up this honorable mantle as your announcer people. Uh, Matt, why don't you speak on your past experience with WWE? Uh, I had a brief flirtation with WWE when I was a young teenager, um, and when I realized I was gay, it made more sense. Alright. <laughs> I myself have never seen a match, but I am excited to figure out what this whole thing is about. Uh, it's mostly a, a soap opera for hyper-masculine people. Oh, I see. It looks like the first guy is coming out, uh, what, do we call them contestants? Uh, the first... Superstars is, I think, the colloquial term. The first superstar is coming out, and that is that is just Jason Momoa. Is that <laughs> is that in that Aquaman? That is, that is Aquaman. Yes, Jason Momoa is Aquaman. I did not know SmackDown and DCU had crossovers. This is really cool. Uh, well, he's not the first. Uh, John Cena is currently in the DCEU uh, as uh, well. <laughs> and here's Mr. Cena now. <laughs> And everyone's just losing it because of the meme. Yeah, I love you. Bam, 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 bam. It's good. <laughs> and uh, they are now in the ring. They are squaring up together. Uh, just kind of sizing each other up and seeing how they're going to do, do do this. Yeah, they are. They're just still going in circles. That is it's a just lot kinda, of footwork. Just kind of give each other hesitant high fives. <laughs> yeah, is that... Uh, now they're playing patty cake. That is that yes. is what patty wow. cake looks like. That is straight up patty cake. Not not, a, not a direction I thought this would match would go, Alan. Everybody is losing their shit though. Why? Is this is there a storyline to this that I am just not privy to? I have not watched a SmackDown in at least twelve years, so I have no clue. Uh, it looks like some action is starting now. Their hands are clasped to each other. No longer clapping them, they are they're just holding hands. Which is very nice. Uh, and it's nice. See, we're just sitting down and talking it out. Alright, it looks like the first match is a draw between Aquaman and John Cena. Uh, I guess we'll go to a sponsor. <laughs> Alright, man, who is our first sponsor of the 22nd anniversary episode of WWE SmackDown? Our first sponsor is BetterHelp. BetterHelp. For when you need therapy to deal with your toxic masculinity and or conflict resolution skills, BetterHelp is here to help. Yeah, with different therapists uh, that provide different services, BetterHelp is the best way to get therapy without being able to physically go to a therapist. Please note we are not actually sponsored by BetterHelp. Please don't sue us. But if you want to, we'll definitely give it a go because I need therapy. Same. Hard same. Our second sponsorship this evening is from those two guys over there in the front row. It's us! He's talking about us! Use water 
They're waving emphatically and they do have their faces painted with colors that don't seem to coordinate with anything going on this evening. They would like us to tell everyone that they do have a podcast. They would like everyone to be listening to, uh, and they did pay for an hour spot. So buckle up for an hour of ads as we listen to a podcast by those two guys. The people who paint their faces for a wrestling event. Because you want to know what they have to say for an hour. Welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. I'm Alan. And I am Matt. We're here, the appreciation podcast for everyone. Except for you. You know who you are. (laughs) Matt, how are you doing? I am doing good. I am tired, but we are getting through this week. How are you doing? Uh, about the same. About the same. We are getting through this week. That is, that's the mantra, right? Just keep on going. We we're just coming back from a shared experience. We are uh, shared uh, somewhat differently. We experienced a similar thing, but not exactly the same thing. Which is kind of how we typically experience our stuff. Whether we both watch a movie separately, watch TV separately, play games separately. In this case, we saw a concert separately. Exactly. Uh, We're going to kind of share a degree. Uh, mm-hmm. this week because we want to. Uh, For the first time since my wedding, and I would I argue so, yeah. this is more important. Oh, it is. <laughs> it 100% is. I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> Alan and I both got to see uh, Phoebe Bridgers about yeah. uh, about a week ago. And we did mention last week that we were going to m- tell whether Maggie Rogers did make the the conspiracy appearance <laughs> that Matt thought she was going to. And Matt, was Maggie Rogers at your concert? Uh, she was not. She was at mine. Oh, was she? Yeah, Phoebe Bridgers didn't even show up. Maggie came <laughs> out Maggie and sang show. all of Phoebe's it was songs. just a Maggie show. <laughs> she didn't sing Phoebe's songs, she just sang her songs. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, she she wasn't there. Yeah, I I <laughs> I I, I, try, I figured as much. It was a big letdown. Big letdown. Matt did tell us, or maybe Jenny was the one that said it. That it turns out on on the night of your show, Maggie was in California. That's what it seemed because uh, Maggie had a, a festival set in California. I think it's Ohana Fest, and did a show there. And I'm like, oh well, there's that. And so Jenny had given up hope. She's like, she's not coming to our concert. I was like, you can get from California to here in a day. Especially <laughs> she if you could make it. Especially if you're Maggie Rogers and probably have a private flight. Yeah. Like I, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> alas, she was not there. But either way, I had a very cathartic experience at that show. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I think we should kind of. Let the record show that you are not as big of a Phoebe fan. You just kind of know her through your yeah. wife. Yeah, my wife's a big Phoebe fan. I know you're a big Phoebe fan. Yes. And unlike 21 Pilots, where we all kind of share this passion, mm-hmm. Phoebe, I'm like, I like Phoebe. I think she's cool. And that's pretty much as far as it goes. Right. So we're going to get kind of different experiences as like someone who's listened to the record she was supporting as well as her first album mm-hmm. uh, quite a lot to someone like yourself who is not as uh mentally unstable as myself <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> I know uh, Kyoto. Kyo- yeah, and she she played the hell out of Kyoto. She was great. So I also do want to preface that my experience actually at the venue itself was different. Oh, okay. How so? Because I went with one of my good friends, Michael, who got mm-hmm. tickets. He also told me when he got the tickets that he accidentally accidentally got VIP tickets. <laughs> so what that meant was I had we had our own separate entrance. Ooh. That was not through the big huge line. It was not like with the commoners. <laughs> not with the co- well, I mean, like it was kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so it was like this big sign that said VIP entrance, and you'd go in through here, and you walk down the long like walkway, and there's a person who checks your ticket and goes, "Oh, yep, you can come on in." We go in. There's like two different bars that are oh. just for VIP people. Oh, God. Uh, there's like cornhole. There's like tic-tac-toe. There's tables. <laughs> there's like a phone charging station. Um, oh, whoa. Uh, but the, the big thing for me, for me, was that as we like walked up, she's like, oh, in case you want, down that way is the Cookie Monster truck. It's like a mobile cookie truck. Okay. <laughs> if you would like, you can get a free cookie. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I just like walked up. I was like, can I get a you know, a cookie? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I was expecting. Can I, can I get a cookie? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, I was expecting like a little like almost like a free sample size. Yeah, it was a full size, co- like a full huge cookie. Man, they did not skimp on the cookie. No, they just, just like, gave me a cookie. Right, I'm just like, oh okay. <laughs> but the it was just like this is ridiculous. I love this. <laughs> Uh, I should do this for every show. That's like the millennial v- VIP experience. It's just like VIP and a Phoebe Bridges. and a cookie. And a co- right. I'm, just, I'm the happiest person who's ever been. Um, but yeah, so other than that, our experiences were pretty similar. To compare there, we went in through a big ass line that went down the freaking street. And then when we got in... There were a whole bunch of food stands and drink stands you could stand in line for. And then our seat was like three rows from the furthest back row. <laughs> I was kind of towards the front. I was like a good seven, eight rows back. So I had a, I had a decent view. And uh, yeah, she did like all of Punisher. Yeah. Jenny was like, I think she's doing the whole album. Which I was like, this is everything. I Well, because the album came out during... May 2020, I believe, or May or June 2020. And so she didn't get to tour it at all until now. Oh, okay. And so for a while, this whole out, well, well, I thought was, I mentioned it was cathartic because the whole album to me is about like pain and healing from pain and like allowing yourself to be honest with how you're feeling. Being able to have this commonality among everyone there was very cathartic and just very like, oh my God, I need like, I need to had this emotional release of this that mm-hmm. I had that I for I had that connection to this album and knowing that I kind of went through everything with other people is like oh my god yes it was definitely an accepting crowd mm-hmm. like looking out it was it was really cool to see like all the the variety of of the audience yeah there was a bunch of older people there there was some younger people there was this every kind of person there it seemed and everyone just got along very well there, there was. I think it was the first one of the first shows I've been to that had signs. 
Like people held up signs. Like oh really? No one had signs at mine. That at mine there was a girl in front of me that had a sign that said, "I skipped my antidepressants so I could cry tonight." <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Which I'm like, that's fair. <laughs> Can we talk about the opener? Oh, Muna. Muna or Muna so, or however you say it. I say it. Muna. They were so fun. <laughs> they were awesome. They, were they so came fun. right out the gate like so fucking hype. Right. And I mean, that was the thing is like Muna and Phoebe are not similar. No. Yeah. They definitely set me up with like bad expectations. I was like, hell yeah. Phoebe's going to rock. <laughs> and it's like Phoebe, a couple of Phoebe songs like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. You like, bounce a little. Like Kyoto and like motion sickness are like, yeah, let's go. And then like. And there's just like <laughs> there's one she's like sitting on the floor for <laughs> right like, like everybody's swaying sw- I remember when I, at my show when she did the actual song Punisher she like put her guitar down and she was still wearing her like purple power suit oh at like a like a pantsuit and she just kind of like put one arm behind her back and just kind of walked back and forth in circles yes. on the stage and sang the song like that's I don't know why I love this so much but I love this a lot she also took someone's uh, headband <laughs> that had uh, Mickey ears <laughs> and put that on and she continues to punish her um, that's so awesome yeah Muna was fantastic and Phoebe came out during Muna's set to do Silk Chiffon yeah, that was the best introduction to like the main artist I've ever seen where mm-hmm. they come out to do a song that they released with the opener. Well, Jenny texted me what Muna said to call her on stage. Yeah. Which was, ladies and gentlemen, our dad, Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. So for me, they did something slightly different. They just said, ladies and gentlemen, Fee- for, they just said Phoebe fucking Bridgers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone just lost her collective shit. And she did not like dance around. She did not move. She just kind of stood there and like did her verse and then it's like and then left waved and left <laughs> she's so like subdued and mm-hmm. there was one part you know where like in between songs the artists address the crowd yeah there's one part she's like you know like we're out here and uh fuck I don't know and like they started the next <laughs> song <laughs> and everyone was like <gasps> I, don't think, I think Phoebe's like that cause she just she just seems very very real yeah. Versus like, I've been to a couple of shows where you can tell they've told that joke or they've told that story 16 times. And they're just exactly, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, versus Phoebe, who like, I think has a different intro for each of her songs. And I'm sure none of them are legit. Like, I think she introduced Savior Complex as like, this song is about crying in a Whole Foods parking lot. And like, <laughs> play the song. Like, this is not about crying in a Whole Foods parking lot. <laughs> there is a website I know of called, I think, setlist.fm. Okay. Where it just lists set lists. And I'm going to bring up yours and mine because I think she did almost the same, but I think slightly different. Yeah, I was wondering because we didn't get the Maggie Rogers surprise like we were hoping for, but we did get a surprise. I don't know if you got the same surprise we did. Okay, I'm interested. What are you referring to? 
I'm referring to we I clapped so hard my hands were red at the end and then she came out for an encore and then sang a cover of Bo Burnham's <laughs> That Funny Feeling. Yes, she did. <laughs> it's fucking she, awesome. It's such a good cover and she re, she put it on Spotify. Yeah. She put so it, if yeah. you're you're out there listening, look up Phoebe Bridger's uh, cover of That Funny Feeling. She fucking rocks it. It's so good. It's, well, she released it to uh, support uh Abortion rights access in Texas. Hell yeah! As yep. like a like a charity fundraiser, mm-hmm. um, but no, she absolutely it's it's so perfect for her. Yeah, our our set lists are very similar. I'm noticing on yours, she did Georgia, which is a song off her first album. Oh okay. Um, for me, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> for me, she did "Me and My Dog," which is a song she does with other noted sad singer-songwriters Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker for their band Boy Genius. Right, yeah. Um, and Me and My Dog made me cry. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> because it is a very sad song, and I've also decided that um, it, it when when Jake eventually does pass on, mm-hmm. I, th- like lyrics from that song are going to be my memorial tattoo for him. Oh, because a set of the lyrics are, uh, I wish I was on a spaceship, just me and my dog in an impossible view. Right. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. So I'm like in this crowd of teenagers and like other people just like. No, it was very, very good. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with her live. I did not know how it would go because her album is usually so quiet and she is such a quiet singer. Yeah. No, I, I, I think she did an absolutely amazing job, and I'm, I'm truly blessed to have been there. <laughs> She's super talented. It was a good show. It wasn't my kind of show. Yeah. Like, I would have been happy if, if Muna had, like, played the whole show, because like, I was, like, just, fucking, like, bouncing. You can just go see Muna. I'm seeing Muna again in January. For, for those that want to look it up... Uh, I mean, sadly, I listened to some of their music after and I was like, this doesn't have the same energy it did yeah. when it was live. And they're, it, yeah. They're spelled M-U-N-A. Yes. The track I'm going to recommend to you is Silk Chiffon. Oh, yeah, because that's the one that Phoebe's in. The right? one that Phoebe's on. But it also, I think there's just crack in that song. Mm. It's such a great little pop song and I love it. I would recommend I Know a Place. That one had me like fucking raging. I Know a Place is very good as well. But yeah, so check out Phoebe Bridger's Punisher, mm. Stranger in the Alps, check out Boy Genius. It's a great little EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about this. So I I bought this game a while ago and mm-hmm. I was waiting to play it until I could record myself playing it because I knew it was going to be a fucking romp. Before I explain it, I'm going to show you the title picture for the game. I'm going to ask you to describe what you see for everybody at home. And I want you to tell me what you think the game is about. You know what does really great? is visual jokes for an audio medium. That's why you're going to explain it. <laughs> but like, trust me. Okay, Matt. Um, <laughs> okay, so kind of working through it. The, the background is very purple. There are four characters on the screen. One is a, a blonde haired anime boy. The other is a brown haired anime boy. The other is look, kind of looks like anime Velma. From Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, true. And then there is uh, a, a broccoli floret with uh, a shirt and tie on. 
and then the, the, there's a couple books floating around there's like a pen but the 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 title uh, in like big kind of yellow anime letters is kraken academy kraken academy <laughs> And I am Confusion. What do you think the game's about? I think it's a JRPG about those four characters, sir, going <laughs> to Kraken school. <laughs> where you learn how to Kraken? I guess where you learn how to transform into a squid. You're pretty far off. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, what there's the so much What the fuck is the game. broccoli? <laughs> that, can you guess what that person's name is? Jeff? No, her name is Broccoli Girl. That's like her actual name is Broccoli Girl in the game. So when her, so when she was birthed, her mom called her and just went Broccoli Girl. Yeah. Take her. So <laughs> Kraken Academy is a combination of Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask and Hogwarts. So the titular academy is split up into four campuses, each with their own uniform, dorms, and classrooms. The variable by which people are separated is what club you are in in the school. So the music club has their own campus, like the drama club has their own campus, Mm -hmm. sports club, and art club. Got it. You're the new kid, as you always are in these situations. Yep. You're the new kid in the music club, and through circumstances, you are enlisted by a giant kraken to help free the four club spirits in order to stop Doomsday Event. So that's where the Major Mask part comes in. So no time travel? Time travel, yes. There oh, okay. is time travel. <laughs> uh, of course. Okay. So the Doomsday Event is in three days. Dawn of the first day, dawn of the second day. Like <laughs> It's exactly, yes. And the, the giant Kraken has given you a creepy tentacle easy button that basically lets you go back in time to the first day. How about that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the spirits you have to free are trapped within select students. And in order to free them, you basically have to bring their souls to equilibrium, which essentially means you have to solve their personal problems. Okay, so like Majora's Mask meets Persona 5 <laughs> meets Life is Strange. Yeah, I guess. Okay. There's no there's no combat, which is really cool. It's just like all relationships. I just I threw the Persona 5 in there for like the style of it, like the yeah, visual yeah. appeal. The 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 slice of life kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I honestly love this game. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> I I would be over the moon if there was a combat mechanic, but honestly, I'm not bugged by it at all. You have like these super detailed sprites when they're talking, but otherwise in the game, it's all beautiful pixel art. Mm-hmm. The writing is super fucking smart. Okay. Like, I, I openly laugh every single time I play this game. It has a very casual relationship with the meta of like video games and stories, similar to Undertale. Where it acknowledges itself and exactly, yeah. You you show up to like the party, the the Halloween party, and like this group of students come up to you and they're like, "What's up, loser? What a terrible costume! You you, you can only be in the cool biker gang if you look badass." And they're all wearing like biker outfits. Yeah. They're like, "Later, loser!" And they walk off, and you, your character just stands there for a second and he goes, "That was unnecessarily aggressive." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and that was my reaction. Just come, I was like, why did they come up to me just to like say this shit? Right. It's just like, I think I saw something on TikTok that was like, after you beat the Elite Four in Pokemon, and it's like, Youngster Joey is like, <laughs> I bet you can't take me. And you're just like, don't make me do this. 
It's like ratata. <laughs> Use tackle, and I'm just like, please stop. Please don't don't make me do this. It's like use tackle. It's like <sighs> Mew, use side beam. Right, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of JRPG, kind of not. Yeah, I mean it's it's more like um relationship storytelling mm-hmm. uh puzzle game, I gotcha. guess. It's some it's a lot of fun. Like it's fun in the way that you know telltale games are fun. You just like experience the story and, and have a good time. Cool. I would definitely recommend it. It just came out. It was on early access for a bit, I think. Got or it. it was it had a demo out. So definitely check it out, everybody. Love that. <laughs> so one of my favorite shows has started a new season. Oh. And I'm very excited. I don't know if I've mentioned this show on the podcast before. I've not mentioned it to you, I'm sure. If I haven't, I don't know. Dune Patrol is back. Oh, uh, you haven't mentioned it on the podcast, okay. but yes, so, I am aware. So Dune Patrol is back. I think I told a lot of people that it's the best show no one is watching. Correct. That is fully accurate. It is very, very well done. Very, very weird. Very, very unique, but also very, very human and very, very heartfelt. Doom Patrol is a, a DC property. It is a, it is a superhero show, but it also makes fun of the fact that it's a superhero show. Um, <laughs> about four, four to five misfits who are kind of varying degrees of freaks and uh, freaks and weirdos uh, who are saved by this gentleman named Niles Calder who is kind of a mysterious, supernatural hunter, scholar type person. And what he does is he kind of builds a team out of all these people who have different abilities. For example, there's one woman who uh, named Rita Farr, who basically absorbed a river spirit while filming a movie in the 1950s and now is a blob person. She just, <laughs> she can just kind of melt. And be, a, be <laughs> like a, that kid in Sky High. Yes. With your power, I melt. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of becomes a blob. What makes it interesting is that, like, she's dealing with this gross insecurity and wrestling with people like her for being an actress or people like her for her and kind of uh-huh. her own self worth and just happens to be a blob person. Um, <laughs> so it's this funny juxtaposed with this very, very serious, like, mm-hmm. character development. And like I said, it's the best show no one's watching. Yeah, I remember you showed me one episode from like one of the later seasons. And in watching that episode, I was like, why are they doing this? Why is this important? And as you explained it to me, I was like, I have to watch this show. This sounds (laughs) awesome. (laughs) It's so weird. Yeah, I think I showed you Danny the Street. I don't know. To illustrate how strange this thing is, there is a character on the show named Danny the Street. And Danny the Street is an interdimensional teleporting street that acts as a haven uh, for all the kind of freaks and outcasts of society. Oh. They are also non-binary and they use they, them pronouns. And The is, street does? Yes, and is fully conscious. <laughs> oh, does it talk at all or? Yep, so they, they, they talk and they. Oh, sorry. You guys, this, <laughs> no, yeah, you said, well, that's the thing. You're just like, street? Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you just kind of roll with it. Uh, right. So 
when people visit Danny, they'll say, oh, Danny, how are you? And then Danny says, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Oh, my God. How is everything? Tell me. And like, where does the sound come out of? It doesn't. It just it appears on various signs and like things around around town. So like a street sign or like a banner across the street will change into Niles. I haven't seen you in forever. How is your daughter? Like, kind oh of my God. thing. And it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, Danny is now an ambulance. Uh, so <laughs> Character they, development. Right. So they change from a street to an ambulance. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is such a weird original program that is at times funny and weird, at times genuinely heartbreaking and mm. insightful on human nature. I think in just the one episode you showed me, I laughed a bunch and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it was so sad. Yeah, it, it's it's great. It's absolutely phenomenal show. And they just started season three. So far, it's strong. Season one is still my favorite, but... <laughs> Where can you find that? You can find that on HBO Max. <laughs> Give me money, HBO. Give me money, HBO, so I can watch your programs and ignore my personal issues to the point where I can then <laughs> seek out better help. Better help. <laughs> therapy on the go. <laughs> I don't, that's not what it is. No. <laughs> don't do therapy on the. Don't do therapy on the train. I've got five minutes. All right. <laughs> my dad was mean. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you. <laughs> During my ride through hell in the form of multiple overnights last week, I couldn't help but notice all like the little blessings, you know, like the small degrees of celebration. Yeah. yeah. We've kind of built this mentality now that makes it hard not to do that. The roads were empty on my commute, so it was faster. Great. Sitting in silence gave my voice some much needed rest, especially considering how much I'm always talking Mm -hmm. uh, at work. But most notably, every night after Jenny would go to bed and I'd step out to leave for work, the moon would be illuminating everything. Oh. So I, I didn't need any lights on outside. Like I could just like walk down the steps and head right to my car. Oh, cool. I was so grateful to not be leaving home in the pitch black that it moved me to write a poem. <gasps> <laughs> was that a gasp of uh, like, like a judgment? No, was like, a, like, are you going to share or would you like to yeah, share? I'll, sh- I'll share the poem. This is called Full Moon Nights by Alan Parker. Mischievous night dressed like day, easing my fright of the unknown at play. No less lonely, less cold, the evening cries. But I'm friends with this wind. I've run through these sighs. Bathed in the moon, I sweetly sit. Bro, check it. This night is moonlit. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> this is like one guy in the back of everyone's head. <laughs> that was very nice. Thanks. I love moonlit nights because I have so many memories of like as a kid going out and playing manhunt or, or just hanging out and you didn't need flashlights, you didn't need anything. Yeah. Like it was nighttime, but the world was still open to you. Mm-hmm. No, I I think there is something to be in that level of night or that level of quiet. So I ordered something a while ago and it finally got delivered. Uh, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Um, 
Are these your noodles? Yes. These are your good noodles? My, my real good noodles. The uh, good noodles! <laughs> so my roommate, my roommate, my new roommate, Dan, can attest that I uh, am an absolute slut for noodles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will put out for a good noodle. Like a really good, yes. Um, <laughs> I have some like fancy ramen noodles. I have some fancy wavy noodles, like that kind of thing. However, what I was very excited about is the pasta that got delivered to my house a little while ago. <laughs> what we have here is a new pasta shape. Like unseen uh, of before? Like brand new. Okay. As designed by Dan Pashman on uh, Celebrated Food Podcast, The Sporkville. Please have me as a guest. <laughs> he works at one of the top rated restaurants in the world. <laughs> I mean, in the U.S. <laughs> He went through a whole process. You can listen to his like six part series mm -hmm. on his podcast, The Sporkful. It is called Mission Impostable, where he designs a new <laughs> pasta shape. I'm unimpressed. <laughs> his criteria were three things. Sauce ability. How readily sauce adheres to the shape. Okay. Fork ability. How easy it is to get the shape on your fork and keep it there. And then... Tooth sinkability, how satisfying it is to sink your teeth into. Oh, these are all really good. Like, remember they used to have those Rugrats dinosaur mac and cheese things? Those things felt so good to bite into. Right. But they probably didn't stay on your fork that easy. They probably needed to have a, a little bit of jerry, you know, whatever. But also the fact that they needed to hold on to sauce. So I'm opening up, I'm opening this box for the first time to show you the shape. Okay. So the name of this shape is Cascatelli, which okay. is Italian for waterfalls. Which is Italian for weird shape. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a wild shape. Okay, all right. I'm so curious. You're you're holding it off screen. Yeah, I am. Maybe I'm like, ah. Uh. So this is the shape. Whoa! It's exactly what you think it's gonna be. So, Alan, if you want if you want to describe what you're seeing, oh. Uh, it looks like a slide or a candy cane. It's that kind of candy cane shape, but like it's a slide in, in which like the the center of it is indented and the sides are like raised up, but it's also crimped on the top edge where it's so it's got like these like bumps all the way down. It's it's a hell of a shape. It's so weird. So this is the new pasta shape. This is, you are hearing it first. If you're not in on the cascatilli, you don't know pasta. Well, that's the thing is after listening to the series and hearing what Dan went through to build this mm -hmm. between yeah. getting dyes cut and learning how the flower works and all of this stuff and getting an actual shape. It's quite an achievement that this exists and I bought it. Like, and I can, I, you can just buy this. Um, you can just buy the waterfall. Right, exactly. So when I bought this, I bought this, I want to say in July. And I got this like a week ago. That's a hell of a wait time for pasta. Because of the, the delays and there's insane demand. Oh yeah, I imagine. Is it the best pasta shape ever invented? Everybody's and their mom are trying to get it. Well, that's the thing is the whole final episode of the thing is him like sending it out to people like chefs and food people. And they're like, this is actually great. Oh. This is actually the best like top five pasta shapes. This is interesting. Right, and so it's actually like, well, what 
how does it work? I'm going to be honest. Though, I, I want to bite into that. It looks like it's it feels good to bite into. I have not tried it yet. I need to find an excuse to try it. I need to find a good sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't just throw like di- DiGiorno pesto. I don't know. <laughs> you can't just <laughs> throw pizza, pizza on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, this is a, this is you can't a spe- just make pasta and put it on pizza. This is a special lady. Um. <laughs> Sometimes when I don't have pasta sauce, I use pizza sauce. I just, That's real. I just throw it on a pizza. Um, don't even cook it. I just throw it on there. Um, but so I, I got this new shape and I'm very interested to try it. The one thing I noticed that was very weird was that it, <laughs> normal pasta takes like 10 minutes to cook. Like seven to ten, yeah. like on the box. This is thirteen to seventeen minutes. Ooh, this is a long cook time. You gotta deep cook your pasta. Yeah. So I am. I mean, it makes sense. It's got a lot of folds. Yeah. So I am interested in how. So I will report back when I eventually do try this. I bought a jar of Trader Joe's bolognese. Ooh, that's so good. we that, I like a good sauce for that. I think I also want to try making my own sauce at some point, and I will report back. You're also going to have to do like a photo shoot of like that noodle from like all angles and send me those pictures to put on Facebook. Just like, uh. (laughs) Paint me like one of your linguinis. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that was just the thing I was excited about because I'm just like, I've been waiting for this. It's an interesting feeling when you like something and someone's like, hey, I put in a lot of work to give you the best version of that thing you like. Right, right. And because I I know he is listening, Ramon, it is vegan. Oh. So, Ramon, you too can also enjoy Cascatelli. Take a ride on the waterfall, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Take a ride on the (laughs) waterfall. What's the guy's name? (laughs) Uh, Dan Pashman. All right, Dan, you can take that. Dan Pashman, go ahead. Take a ride ride on the waterfall. He's a listener. He listens. (laughs) Obviously. He's he's got nothing else going on just, now that he's made the perfect pasta. He's just like, well, you. I think towards the end he was saying he was joking around saying like, this is a great, this is the gravestone achievement. Yeah, this is like Dan Pashman, husband, <laughs> father, friend, inventor of Cascatelli. <laughs> like, this is actually kind of cool. If this ends up blowing up in the way it's sounding like it will, you might be eating at Olive Garden and like have Cascatelli carbonara. Yeah. Ooh, that would be lit. Have you ever eaten capers? I have eaten capers. I want to like take a spoonful of just capers and just like eat it. I love capers so much. You continually surprise me. <laughs> this is what makes our relationship last. Well, cause, well I love capers. Capers are great. Mm. But for, for me, it, it's the fact that you're a very, very picky eater and not very adventurous <laughs> Right. Like, I only eat canned vegetables levels of safe, but also, like, give me a caper. Give me, like, a Whoa. ball <laughs> of briny salt water. Like, <laughs> chicken, was it chicken Alfredo has capers in it? Is uh, that what it is? Not Alfredo. It is chicken piccata. Piccata, yeah. Chicken piccata. So I had chicken piccata at Olive Garden like four times and avoided all the capers because they looked gross. And they're great. And then one time I just like took a full bite of it and I was like, what the hell was that? It was like a pop of flavor. Yeah. That was amazing. It's salt, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. like, so with the piccata, you're getting like the chicken, the lemon, the creamy sauce, mm-hmm. the saltiness is, is kind of this everything. I have it on a bagel sandwich. Oh, so is a very Jewish thing. Bagel, cream cheese, lox, 
onions, capers. I've been meaning to try it on pizza. <laughs> what? Let me know. <laughs> okay. Let me. I'm. I mean, I love black olives on pizza. That's I true. Some capers are gonna like kill it. I I can't. Oh, can, I, I there was a pizza place near me. I think Otto's Pizza did like mashed potatoes on pizza as like a Thanksgiving pizza. Oh, okay. okay. So it was like pizza, cheese, sauce, mashed potatoes, sweet potato. <laughs> I think it had like <laughs> turkey. Cur- think turkey, cranberry. So, like, oh my god. <laughs> it was yeah. So I can't complain. I can't be like. What are you doing putting capers as I'm like taking a bite of cranberry <laughs> sauce pizza? Do you know what else is a burst of flavor? Oh man. It's like he inspired. Like he inspired. <laughs> what a delicious briny sound. <laughs> Thank you to Lakey Inspired for the use of his song, The Process, as our theme. So good. Thanks, Lakey. And thank you all for listening because it is not required that you're here. And because of that, it means something that you are. So we appreciate it. Matt, thanks for being here. Thanks for potting with me. Actually, Matt, in in honor of <laughs> better help, <laughs> I'm going to let you do it this time. Thanks for potting with me. I'll pod with you if you don't beat me to it. That's a Phoebe Bridgers spoof parody. It, it is. <laughs> um... It is a very different interpretation. Yeah, she says, I'll kill you. If you don't beat you me beat to me it. Me to it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's really, really good. You call me. I'm gonna kill you. If you don't beat me to it. Dreaming of Scorpio skies. I wanted to see. The world the end of that one song she just like oh yeah screams. screams oh i know the end oh my god it was so lit play, play us out. out and everyone has left and uh now seemingly john cena and aquaman are introducing each other's uh, significant others to each other and uh, their kids are playing i did not know that aquaman's wife was um Betty Boop. <laughs> you know, who the fuck? Who is that? I can't. Betty White? Betty White. There she is. Betty White. Sorry, Betty. Good for you, Betty. You better get it, Betty. But good for her. No, no. Good for him. Good for him, too, yeah. Good for him. I mean, There's, there, yeah, no one is winning in that one. Except for or, Betty. Wait. No, everybody's winning. Everyone's winning. <laughs> They're both losing? No. Betty's doing better than all of us. Maybe we shouldn't be saying this into the microphones. Yeah. Uh, well, happy 22nd anniversary to WWE SmackDown. Um, I don't think we're coming back. No.